Welcome to Holy Smoke, the Spectator's religion podcast. I'm Christina Odone. And I'm Damien Thompson. So everyone's suddenly interested in Protestants, Irish Protestants, that is. They hold a balance of power in Westminster. The Democratic Unionist Party was founded by the Reverend Ian Paisley, a man, I might say, who thought the Pope was anti-Christ. And the DUP remains strongly opposed to abortion and gay marriage. But how religious are they? What do they believe? We're joined today by the Northern Irish political commentator John Anderson in Belfast. John, in your opinion, is the DUP really the political wing of the Free Presbyterian Church or of hardline Ulster Protestantism? Well, that's the culture that's emerged from. It's a bit less so nowadays, but it has to be traced back to the personality of Ian Paisley, you know, the founder of the party, its longtime leader. And Paisley himself drew no distinction between religion and politics, no neat distinction. He would talk politics from the pulpits, he would talk religion from the hostings. That's just how he was. He didn't see the two things as separable. And basically, he built the party in his own image. It's never been monolithically Free Presbyterian. They're a small denomination, but they were the original base, and that's moulded its character in some ways. As you say, it's a small denomination of, I believe, about 10,000 people compared to a quarter of a million mainstream Presbyterians in Ulster, though the leader of the party is Anglican, is she not? She is, yes, though the Church of Ireland is very low church and very conservative by the standards of the Church of England. So Arlene Foster's theology wouldn't necessarily be all that different from a Presbyterian? No, she's originally a defector from the Ulster Unionists who were always dominant in, in County Fermanagh, where she's from. And Fermanagh is the is one place where the Protestants are almost entirely Church of Ireland. The, the, the DEP was very weak there until Arlene defected and brought her personal following with her. John, but what interested me as somebody who steered very clear of the DUP during my years as editor of the Catholic Herald, their theology has been interpreted or defined on Twitter, at least, as creationist, anti-abortion, anti-gay marriage. Is this really true? Are they this kind of antiquated... Fundamentalists. Uh, fundamentalists. Well, they are. Well, the, the Paisley tradition is a fundamentalist tradition, which will seem very strange to um, a mainland UK audience. Tim Farron, you know, the, of, of, of recent memory, is really... a pretty mainstream evangelical fundamentalism, I think, has died out on the UK mainland. And that's what's moulded the culture of the DUP. But I think it's the social conservatism is a part of their appeal. It's a part of their identity. But it's also, uh, I think, more fundamentally than that, it's a tribal party. Religion really is an ethnic marker here. That's particularly what I wanted to focus on. I, I was talking to Hal Williams, who, who's an authority on Protestantism, and he was telling me that the Presbyterian leadership in Northern Ireland have quietly dropped a lot of hardline Calvinism. So 
you know, they're no longer hung up on doctrines like double predestination, which I will not attempt to explain here and now. I guess what I'm asking is how Protestant are the Protestants in Northern Ireland? You know, how much time do they spend reading their Bible? Do they, like Ian Paisley, still interpret political events through a biblical hermeneutic, do you think? But do they still entertain the notion that the Pope is Antichrist? Well, the notion that the Pope is Antichrist is really standard Presbyterianism. It's just that the mainstream Presbyterians don't talk much about it these days. It's all, it's all in the Westminster Confession of Faith. The Northern Ireland Protestants are still very conservative by UK standards. Yes, the Irish Presbyterian Church is in the middle of a quite a, a big split with its uh, parents. Body of the Church of Scotland, precisely over gay marriage. But that's a very modern issue. That's not the more abstruse theological divisions that you used to have. And I think partly it's just that the um, society is, is less religious, even in a conservative religious region. It, it's less religious than it was. And in that respect, perhaps resembles formerly fundamentalist America, where Ian Paisley famously yeah. got his doctorate. Yes, for, with, from Bob Jones University, yes. It's much more akin to the American South than it is to anything that's certainly English listeners would be familiar with. That's very, very interesting. What are the similarities? Well, I think it's partly a cultural similarity. A lot of the American Bible Belt was settled by the Scots-Irish, of course. That's strain of fundamentalist Protestantism still lives on there. It's a very strong piece of their cultural background. John, who are these people? Who are the people with whom government is now going to have to go into bed? Well, there have always been different strains to the party. Partly it was because when Ian Paisley set up the party in the late 60s, early 70s, it was his shock troops, his close collaborators, were the Free Presbyterians, who regarded him not just as the, their political leader, but also as their spiritual leader. Their Pope! But he also drew in support from all the people who'd been excluded, all the Protestants who'd been excluded by the Unionist establishment. Um, so he, he didn't have good relations with the great pillars of the Ulster Unionist Party, the Orange Order, the main churches. In fact, he had a very hostile relationship to all of them for a long time. So he, uh, that's, that's fascinating. He had a hostile relationship with the Orange Order. Well, there, there are many DUP people here in the Orange Order, but the Ulster Unionist Party was historically founded by the Grand Orange Lodge, the two organisations were very tightly intertwined and that formal relationship has never existed with the DUP. Now that's interesting because if you look at almost any English political cartoon, you will see DUP members dressed up as members of the Orange Order. Yeah, which many of them are. That's, that's, that, that is a very interesting many of, clarification. Many of them are, but they don't, they don't have the umbilical link that the um, Ulster Unionists used to have. But going back to your analogy with the Bible Belt in America, what we think of as the unacceptable face of American evangelicalism is when it spills out into social policies. And is that the danger that we have with the DUP? Are they really as hardline on gay marriage, on abortion, and indeed still subscribe to a creationist view of the universe as their enemies are claiming? There's a similar style, there's a similar strain. I think 
the one thing is that the two the two hot button moral issues, abortion and gay marriage, are both devolved issues. So it won't be a matter of trying to change the UK laws. I don't think they've, they're that ambitious. It would be more a case of stopping the UK government imposing reform on Northern Ireland, keeping it a matter for the Assembly. But what interests me is, in the wake especially of Tim Farron, in Northern Ireland you can still be elected holding these beliefs. In the UK that is no longer possible. I mean, Tim Farron has made it clear it was because of his views that he was unacceptable to the the party. Liberal, and I don't the, the believe liberal, him, may I add. I don't believe him. That may be so. But I mean, what, what interests me is that the narrative now is if you are anti-gay marriage, if you are anti-abortion, please do not think that you can stand for a political party. Well, this is where the, where the DUP will seem very culturally strange to a mainland audience because I think in the mainland UK and in, especially in, and even in Catholic Ireland, you can't really be in politics and not be a liberal on, on these issues. And open religiosity is not not something that politicians will go in for. Now, there's, a, there's less of this in the DUP than there used to be because they're a bigger party, there's a more diverse base. But if you see, for instance, DUP politicians at election counts thanking God for their victory and singing hymns from the platform, that's, again, something that's quite traditional here, but, again, will seem odd and alien to outsiders. Oh my gosh, it would bomb in Britain. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, but I, I'm wondering whether there's a bit of an analogy with the Labour Party, which I don't know whether it still does sing the red flag, but I mean, if you look at Labour Party members singing the red flag, particularly during the Blair years, not so much now, they were increasingly embarrassed by this relic of the past. John, do you think that younger DUP supporters are perhaps a little embarrassed by the fundamentalist baggage they carry with them and in the final analysis more interested in money that this is an economic deal for Northern Ireland? Their profile has changed over the years and partly this is the shift from the Ian Paisley leadership to the Peter Robinson leadership. And if you think just as a as a comparison, back in the nineteen sixties, the Northern Ireland Labour Party split because their councillors in Belfast couldn't agree on whether the swings should be chained up on a Sunday. DUP politicians today don't push Sabbatarianism very much. The Peter Robinson style that Arlene Foster has taken over is much more economic boosterism. It's much more, let's get Northern Ireland moving. It's much less the style of Ian Paisley getting up in the European Parliament and denouncing Pope John Paul as the Antichrist. I think that's the sort of thing that would... I think embarrass their younger technocrats who are still very conservative, again, by UK standards, but the style has changed. And will continue to change, do you think? I think it will, but it's always going to lag behind um, mainland Britain. Last question. How many of them go to church every Sunday? I'm not quite sure. You can't, it's true, you can't be sure about American fundamentalists either who say they do. You but... can't really, know. But this is a culture where religious uh, practice is a lot more, is still much, much more respectable. It's gone into decline in the urban areas, but certainly in the rural areas, let's say the Ian Paisley areas rather than the Peter Robinson areas, there's still very high church attendance. I couldn't put a figure on it, but it's, 
quite high. Higher than the Catholics? Probably, yes. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, can I say, <laughs> nothing, nothing that John has said today is going to allay fears and suspicions of this generation of DUPs. I mean, maybe there's hope for the young technocrats, but everything here points to a really unappealing ally for Theresa May's government. Well, I'm not so sure. I've never been a big fan of the DUP. But my feeling from what John says is that the DUP, like Protestant parties all over the world, at least those that haven't gone charismatic, is is gradually secularising. There are probably many years to go. But fundamentally, my feeling is this is about pork barrel politics rather than Protestantism. Yeah. Another thing is simply that the generations are changing. If you look at Sinn Féin, they're, they're occasional partners. A lot of the old party stalwarts with IRA backgrounds are now moving into retirement and they're bringing up young people in their 20s and 30s who don't have that background at all. So you're going to see something similar with the DUP and it will be a gradual change, but it will change. Well, John Anderson, fascinating. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Thank you. So basically, in Northern Ireland, you can still hold certain conservative views and be electable. And Tim Farron should move. Well, as I hinted earlier, I'm deeply, deeply sceptical of um, the reasons Tim Farron gave for stepping down as Liberal Democrat leader. So he's not a man of faith oh, I think who he has is. found I, I, I think he's he a can't. man of faith, but not a man of such strong faith that he didn't roll over on these two controversial subjects as, as soon as some pressure was applied. I think basically Liberal Democrats ran, a, as, as they always do, a shabby opportunistic campaign. They didn't do well. They got 12 seats. What a wonderfully pious and hypocritical way of uh, leaving the party leadership and have all sorts of people applaud you. I've never liked Tim Farron. I've always thought, I mean, he, he said some disgusting things during, during the campaign. I remember him describing Boris Johnson as, as Putin's poodle, which you know, Boris very obviously isn't. And I just thought, fighting dirty on the doorstep, as Liberal Democrats always do. I saw his interview with Andrew Neil. was profoundly unimpressed by, you know, he, to, to me, he strikes me as a self-important little little local councillor, as so many Liberal Democrats do. But then, as I think you're aware, it's my least favourite political party. So um, this was not a matter of conscience. This was a matter of expedience. Well, I think there may have been elements of it, but I've, what a convenient way of leaving the party leadership after you've effectively... Through, I mean, as I tweeted out, yes, he is a fundamentalist. He's a fundamentalist Remainer. That was the wrong strategy for the Liberal Democrats. That, I think, ultimately explains why they, why they did so badly. And now he's found a, a, a way of backing out to applause. It's the intellectual dishonesty which lies at the heart of that party. Well, what worries me is not so much the intellectual dishonesty, but the ethical cowardice. If he really had stood by his principles in the first place, he may have been electorally less successful and not win over, you know, win more seats. But we would have all been respecting him as, as a man of conscience. Christina, he's a Liberal Democrat. Stop it. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to Holy Smoke for a new episode every other Friday.